Good Wednesday, noonday to all of my friends. I hope that you're having a great midday. I'm Pastor Mike. If you are uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor at First Baptist Church Dixon. We're glad you're here. These days, we're spending time in God's Word, and we're thinking about a really important topic, persisting under pressure. Uh, we're in day three of Vacation Bible School at our church. Hundreds of boys and girls are here. It's a it's been a good, good few days. Vacation Bible school's always good. Uh, a good time in our church. Well, I hope that today, as you think about whatever condition, situation you're in, you've been encouraged. Last week, we started by looking at a great promise in God's Word. In James chapter 1, verse 12, I'll just read it to you to remind you of what we said last week. Here's what we started with when we started to begin to think about being persistent or having persistence uh, in pressure, under pressure. Uh, James 1.12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So we're blessed when we're under our trials. We're blessed when we're having to persist under pressure. Well, before we get started uh, for today, let me have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends who have joined me today uh, at noon on Wednesday. Whatever their circumstances, whatever they're facing today, may they know that you are there. They can call upon you. They can trust you and you will help them. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your death, your resurrection, your ascension. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. And we thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. Now, bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I wanted to begin today. We're going to talk about some various ways that we have to persist <clears throat> under pressure uh, through the next few weeks. So I'll give you some situations and circumstances and you can evaluate how they are in your own life. Today we talk about a really, really important issue and it's learning how to endure or to persist uh, when you're misunderstood. Now this is a really big issue. Uh, you know, few things are more difficult, my friends, few things are more difficult to live with than when you've been misunderstood. Uh, when you're misunderstood, I, there's no defense. You don't have any defense because you've sought to do something that's right, something that's good, something that's honorable, and you've been misunderstood for it. And sadly, for many of us, we're still living and many people live their entire life uh, with uh, broken relationships and circumstances that have come because, of, because they've been misunderstood. Well, today I'm going to read, first of all, what we do, how do we, how do we deal with it when we're being misunderstood and we're, how do we persist under misunderstanding, whether it's ever cleared up or not, how do we persist in it? Well, here's what I want you to hear from God's word today. Here's what I want you to hear. I'm going to read it. Colossians chapter three, uh, verses 12 and 13. If you have your Bible and you can look at it, that's great. You can pull it out and look at it. If not, you can just listen to me today. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. If I'm going to persist 
uh, under pressure, well, there's a pressure that comes, a hard pressure that comes when I'm misunderstood. So here's what God's word says. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. That's Colossians 3, 12, and 13. Now let me read it in, the, that's from the New American Standard Translation. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. Since God chose you to be holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now listen to this. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. All right, so sometimes we have the idea that when we're enduring trouble, it's just we're sitting there and all of these the troubles are just weighing on us and pushing on us and there's nothing we can do. Actually, that's not true. We learned last week that when we're under trouble, we trust God. We believe God. We reach out to Him. We hold on to the Lord. We, it's like we cling to Him by faith. We trust the Lord under our trials. And so we do have to, to, we have, to have faith in our trials, but there's other things that we do that demonstrate that we are enduring or persisting under pressure. And that's what Paul is talking about here in Colossians 3. How do I persist? Uh, when I, how do I persist? How do I endure as a Christian when I'm being misunderstood? Well, you know, all of us have been misunderstood, haven't we, in our actions toward others. We've been misunderstood in our words. We, we said something to someone. We meant it a certain way, and we had no desire to hurt. We were just speaking to them, uh, but we were misunderstood in what we said, or perhaps in what we texted, right, or we put on a post on uh, media, internet, you know, on Facebook or somewhere else. Uh, we've been misunderstood, and oh, we hear about it. But we've also been misunderstood in our service toward others. We, we seek to do something for someone, and it's taken the wrong way. Uh, I don't know of any person that I, 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 as a pastor, I talk to people all the time, and this matter of this issue of misunderstanding is a great issue. It's a big issue for us all. And so first I say to you this, as we get started, all of us have been misunderstood, but I got to turn it around. You may not like to hear this, but all of us have misunderstood the actions of other people toward us. We've taken their words wrong. Um, you know, we've taken their actions wrong. We've considered what they've done to be either an insult or a, a, of harm to us when they were truly trying to do something good for us. Uh, this, so it, it happens both ways. And I think this is one of the big things that we must learn as Christians uh, to understand where someone is coming from, understand in order to be understood. You know, it's kind of an old saying. So whether you're, today you may be living with, uh, uh, with long-term misunderstanding with someone. Uh, it's gone on for a long time. There's nothing that causes greater strain on relationships 
than unresolved misunderstanding with others. There's nothing that puts more strain on you than you not being willing to resolve, if you can, sometimes you can't, if you can, to resolve uh, misunderstanding that you have toward another person. So I don't know where you are on this today, but this is this is a pressure. This is a trial uh, that we must learn how to uh, persist under. And Paul gives us some solutions. Think about it. Um, the fact is, friends, look, listen to Pastor Mike. All through your life, whether you're a student or whether you're a senior adult or somewhere in between, the fact is that throughout life, we will all face hurt feelings, harsh words, and misunderstandings in our relationships and the motivations of those in our life who are doing or saying what they're doing or saying toward us or the same toward us to somebody else. We're seeking to try to be a blessing, but it's taken as if we're hurting them, insulting them, harming them in some way. So it's in marriage. Uh, some of us in our marriages are struggling because of misunderstandings. They go back a long ways and we've never sought to resolve. We ignore it. We pay attention. We don't, we act like it's not there. It's not real when it is, it's always laying around. We, it's our, with our children. We have misunderstandings. Uh, you may have grown children and have misunderstandings. You may have with your, with your uh, teenagers, uh, or your grandparents your, and your, your great grandkids or your grandchildren, Misunderstanding in our relationships with our co-workers. Oh my, some of you at work today, co-workers and broken relationships and misunderstandings between you and your co-workers or the boss, or you are the boss and others misunderstand you for what you're trying to do for them as a Christian or our friends. And I could, you know, I could give more examples. Some of us have lost these uh, good, deep friendships uh, with our uh, friends, because we've been misunderstood and the misunderstanding goes deep. So what is the solution to resolving life's misunderstandings? What, how do we endure? How do we endure and uh, persist when we're misunderstood? Uh, this becomes an important uh, question for us today. So now we go back to think about this. And I want to give an example, first of all, today of a man who was misunderstood. In fact, I'm going to say it this way. The misunderstanding that I'm about to read to you from God's word is a misunderstanding that lasted for, for a, a long time in a relationship. It's the relationship of David with King Saul. And it's a sad story, but it shows us the power of misunderstanding because here in this story, we learn that misunderstanding, when it's not resolved, can turn to great hatred and even to the point of a, of a person trying to kill another person. That's how deep uh, unresolved misunderstanding can go. So in 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, we pick up in the story that David is, is already, as a young man, being successful. He's met Jonathan, King Saul's son, and they've become friends. And as a result of that friendship, uh, David has been introduced to Saul the king, and now David begins to serve King Saul as a young man. And I'm reading beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5, whatever mission Saul sent David on, he was so successful that Saul gave him 
a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. So, okay, think about this for a moment. Now the king has placed David in these positions of, uh, of authority because he's been successful. He's been loyal. He's been loyal to the king. He's carried out the responsibilities that he should. And as it says, whatever mission Saul sent him on, this is uh, 1 Samuel 18.5, David was so successful. He was so successful that David uh, that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. And, and guess what? The troops of Saul that were much older than him and Saul's officers all were very pleased with David. Well, then we read in verse 6, 1 Samuel 18, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine. Remember, this is the story of David killing Goliath. Uh, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing. They were coming out to welcome their king back because of the victory over the Philistines. So they came out, the women came out to sing and they were rejoicing and, and they were celebrating and they were singing and dancing with joyful songs and with timbrels and and they, as they danced, they sang a song. They created a song for Saul the king. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Well, we read in verse number eight, Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. He didn't like the song of the women. And he says, we have, we have Saul's thoughts here. Uh, in verse number eight, they have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only thousands. And then Saul thought to himself, what more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Now there comes to be suspicion, now jealousy, now he senses David is his rival, David had no intention of doing this. He didn't kill Goliath saying, I want to kill Goliath so I can be the king. We all know that story. He went standing on the trust he had in God, and God delivered him from Goliath, and he stood up for uh, the right thing. He was there with God's people. He was standing, supporting God's anointed, the king, in every way. But David is misunderstood a song caused Saul to want to kill David. Now I want you to think about that. A song, a song that was being sung to the king. David was one of his servants. They're singing it because of this, but now Saul, oh, how Saul misunderstands uh, David's intentions. And so as we look at this, it, we have a great, and, and this goes on now from here on through Samuel uh, through the through the remainder of Saul's uh, time as the king, and in these early days, what does David have to do? He has to run for his life. The misunderstanding was so great. In fact, later in this chapter in 1 Samuel 18, uh, Saul is uh, possessed by these uh, demons, and he's uh, just mad with anger and rage, and he's carrying a spear around in the palace, and David is playing his harp as he did to try to minister to the king. And the king tries to throw the spear at him to kill him. And David has to run away. Then David's running for his life. This misunderstanding, 
that Saul had with David turned into hatred, bitter hatred that Saul kept for the remainder of his life toward David. Now, I don't know if your uh, experience of misunderstanding is that hard, that deep, but you're still under a trial if you've been misunderstood. And sadly, hopefully, you're not like Saul taking an offense towards someone who was seeking to help you and do right. If you are, I say to you, my friend, you really need to repent uh, of, of your feelings of misunderstanding towards someone. You need to get that behind you and resolve that. And that leads us then to our solution. So what do we do? We hear God's word, but now uh, as I'm teaching you in these days, here's my simple formula that I'm trying to use in our time together. I want us to hear God's word first of all, about the issue. I want us then to think about how we believe it. Do we believe what God's word says? And then I want us to finish by asking how we'll live it out. All right. So now we've heard this example of David uh, being misunderstood and hated for the rest of his life by Saul. And a lot of other things went into that as time went by, but it all started with a song. It all started with a song when someone else seemed to be getting more credit than the leader. That's really an important truth for us, and there's a lot of lessons to be had by that. Saul misunderstood David's intentions, and David was misunderstood by Saul, and it lasted a lifetime. And some of you are living in the sadness of having been misunderstood or having misunderstood someone else and it's going on and on and on. And that's a trial. That's a pressure. And every day it comes to your mind. You think about it all the time. You can't seem to shake it. Well, what do we do about it? Well, there's several things that we learn from Colossians chapter 3. Now let's go to our answer. Let's go to what we do. How do we bear up? How do we persist, my friends? When we're under this pressure of misunderstanding, it's really a, a very important question, isn't it? What is the solution to resolving life's misunderstandings? Well, uh, let me just go back. If you have your Bible open, you may not. Uh, let me just go back. Before I get back to Colossians 3.12, earlier, just a few verses earlier, Paul is speaking to this church, the Colossae church, and he's reminding them of how they used to be before they were Christians, believers in Christ, and how they are now. Uh, let me just read this to you. Uh, he just simply says, uh, but now, he's talking about now that I'm a Christian, now that I'm a believer in Christ, how do I live toward other people? Listen to this. This is very good. This is Colossians 3, uh, verse number 8. But now you, Christians, put them all aside. What is it? What do we put aside? Are you listening? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from our mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self with its evil practices and you have put on the new self who is being renewed in the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created. All right, so Paul starts talking about putting things off, putting things on. Now you may have children or grandchildren They come over to your house and they just take off their coats and their shirts and clothes and all and just throw them around everywhere, don't they? They just take them off. So Paul starts talking about this matter of putting things on, putting things off. Interesting. Did you know he's talking about putting off certain kinds of toxic, sinful emotions and putting on the other? You see, when you got saved, 
you got a new set of clothes. You got a new set of clothes and it starts with a new attitude, a new heart, new mind. You have new clothing. You have new mental clothes you must put on. It affects your heart. It affects your mind. It affects your memory. It affects your emotions. Now I put on as a Christian, though I may have been misunderstood greatly, though I have been or I have misunderstood someone greatly. Now as a Christian, now as a follower of Jesus Christ, I put on the new me and I put away, throw aside the old me. What was the old me like? I was angry. What was the old me like? I was filled with rage. That's what the word wrath means. What was the old me like? I was filled with malice and slander toward those that I believed had done me wrong or I was uh, misunderstood by them. See, this is what happens sometimes to a Christian. Well, I've been misunderstood and someone says, oh, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to attack them. No, we don't slander them. Abusive speech comes out of our mouth. But we see here that we put on this new way. We remember, first of all, three things. Here's the way we persist under pressure when we're misunderstood. You ready? Here's what, here's what we hear. Here's what we hear and we must believe. We must remember that God has saved us. If you're a Christian this afternoon, God has saved us and made you a new person in Christ. That's what he says here in verse number 12. So as those who have been chosen of God holy and beloved. Did you know God's chosen you? When you got saved, you're a chosen one. You were chosen by God. You chose him, he chose you. It's a wonderful mystery, but it's the truth. You are a chosen one of God. You are also a holy one of God, not an unholy one. When we live in unholiness, it's when we're uh, filled with rage and anger and malice and slander and abusive speech. We lie. We attack one another. We won't forgive. Oh, but when I'm when I am one of God's chosen ones, I am holy in my behavior because I'm beloved. See, that's important. Because I am loved by God and forgiven by God for all that I've done, how can I not? How can I not, as best as best I can, uh, seek to resolve these circumstances with others? So because God's chosen us, because we're his holy people, we're made new people. We're a new person, like Paul says. We've We've put on the new self. You're a new self now in Jesus Christ. Live as the new self you are in Christ, not the old self you were before you were saved. So if you've been misunderstood, be careful what you say about the one who has misunderstood you. If you've misunderstood someone, be careful what you say and how you think toward the one that you are accusing of misunderstanding. Secondly, act like a believer acts in Christ toward those who have disappointed and and you have misunderstanding. Look at this. Put on the graces of the Christian life like clothes. And here they are. Here's your clothing, my friend. Be compassionate. That means deeply feel someone else's condition. Think about this matter of those who have misunderstood you. You must think deeply about their condition. Why would they think this about me? Why would they accuse me of this? Because you know what? They're probably having a hard time. Also, be kind. Meet the needs of others without harshness. Be kind. Be kind in your response to their harshness towards you. And be humble. 
Rely on God, not yourself. Trust in the one who, now we are humbly God's people. You must be humble and be patient and be gentle and forgive others as you have been forgiven. I like New New, uh, Living Translation. Make allowances for each other's faults. You know what? I tell this church all the time, you got to, you got to make allowances for me. I'm going to disappoint you. If I haven't already, I probably will. We have to make allowances as God's people for one another. And what do we do? We live, we forgive those who have offended us because we have been forgiven. Now, as we finish, how do we live this out? So there's what you have to do. You hear it? Do you believe it? Well, I hope you do. If you believe it today, What must we do? Well, you must practice these truths in your relationship. Take your time. Now think about this. Today as we leave, who do you need to practice these truths with? Who do you need to to show compassion to? Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Who? You know who it is. You know who it is today. As you persist under pressure, the pressure of misunderstanding or the pressure that you've misunderstood someone and and you've... uh, Uh, rejected them in many ways. Well, who do you need to practice these things on? Today, perhaps you show compassion to that enemy you've made. Perhaps you show compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience toward the ones who treat you so bad. And what do we learn? The Lord Jesus Christ is our example. When he was reviled, he did not revile, but he entrusted himself to the one who would save him. Look, Today, blessed is the person who endures or persists under trials. The trial of misunderstanding can be resolved if we'll practice Colossians 3, 12, and 13. Well, it's been a pleasure to be with you today, and I'm so glad we've gotten together. Please share with others, if you will. Pass along this on Facebook and share it with others so that we can uh, let people know what we're doing. And I look forward to seeing you every Wednesday at noonday for Time in the Word. Heavenly Father, bless my friends today. May they be, may they be uh, encouraged by what they've heard in your Word today. And may we truly live as those who are new people in Jesus Christ. Help us to overcome those who have misunderstood us. And help us to forgive those that we have misunderstood. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.